Hi, everyone. I'm back in North Carolina now. It's good to be with you. You may hear some thunder in the background, but I couldn't ask for a better soundtrack. I love thunder. So we'll just let that roll. Um, I got back last week, well, I guess a week ago today. And um, it was really fun because my husband, it was about dinner time when I pulled into town and he's like, let's just meet at Nine Mile, which is our one of our favorite restaurants here. And he had Tippy, our puppy, with him. And she's now seven months old. And certainly in the two months I was in Wyoming, she really grew some long legs and she's so tall and sort of in her adolescent phase, I guess you could say. And um, so I hadn't seen either of them yet, but just pulled up to the restaurant there because it's close to our house. And it was such a joy to see her. And of course, my husband gave everybody a big hug, but um, it was so sweet to to see her because, you know, of course, being a mom, I'm like, I hope she didn't think I abandoned her or <laughs> anything of that nature. And she remembered me right away. There's the thunder. Uh, she remembered me right away and was just this, you know, explosion of tail wags. And um, it was so sweet. You feel like a queen coming home to a welcome like that. And I had to laugh and because I wonder if she thinks I've been at Nine Mile for the last two months. <laughs> but anyway, I had a wonderful two months in Wyoming. I miss my friends and family there. But my daughter will be here actually next week and with her boyfriend. And we're all going to the beach. So sweet times continue. And I just feel very blessed. And I hope you're having a wonderful beginning to your August. August is such a fun time in the Northern Hemisphere because the nights are starting to cool off a little bit because the days are getting a little bit shorter and we still have the lovely warm days and fall, autumn, this time of year is my favorite time of year and I think that's true for a lot of folks. And so particularly here in Asheville, we have a really long fall season and just thinking of farmers markets and harvests we're heading into the cycle now of some first harvests and indeed the cycle of the moon that just began on Sunday is the sturgeon moon cycle and this is named after fish and the abundance of fish that are starting to appear and be ready for harvest and my understanding is that sturgeon can get quite large, but they are definitely known for their silvery, dart-like quick movements. And so we come into this idea in our podcast today about who am I in regard to abundance? How does that feeling sit with me? Is it natural for me? Do I feel at ease knowing I deserve abundance? Can I even conceive of myself as being abundance itself? And of course, I'm talking in a psychological and spiritual sense. So I am abundant. We talked last time or maybe two times ago about the importance of invoking the term I am and being really thoughtful about what we put after that phrase because we're setting 
great psychological forces in motion when we say, I am anything. So I am abundant is a really powerful phrase, especially if we are linking it with a felt sense, a a place in our heart that sends out that feeling into the unconscious that helps us create and magnetize and uh, fulfill those those desires. I've had a lot of opportunity in the last month to really sit with this idea about the heart's desire. And looking back, I think I've been really uncomfortable with thinking that I should desire things. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that comes from a Puritan background just in our um, society, which seems kind of silly because, of course, there's a lot of commercialism in our society as well. I don't know if it comes from old religious training, you know, way back when I was a kid. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I just don't want that with me anymore. Those ideas, they're limiting. And But to be quite honest, I think there's also a spiritual idea that we should not be desiring anything because, you know, however you view the divine or source or your higher self or your best self, um, you're supposed to sort of denounce the material expression or, or manifestation of things on one level. There's kind of a conflicting idea about that. And I think that's tripped me up in the past. And I've really sat with that idea in the last month. And I realized that there is creating a desired outcome or um, set of circumstances or material thing because you're hoping it gives you something. Or there's creating from a place of who you are in your essence that is a natural reflection in things that are pleasing to you. And I think the latter is is entirely appropriate. And I love perceiving of desire in this new way that it's actually my heart's desires and Neville Goddard's work would support this. My heart's desires are actually the signature of the divine that I am. I'm doing quote unquote Lori in the world with her quirks and her um, particular idiosyncrasies and her talents and her sense of humor and all of the all of the things that make me me, my heart's desires are part of that. They are part of me expressing myself in a unique way. And what I long for is definitely part of the joy of being a creator of my own life. And so I think this conundrum about desire um, comes down to horse before cart or cart before horse. If you are trying to create something, attain something, achieve something, whether that's a weight on the scales, a number in your bank account, a career move, a particular partner, whatever, if you're trying to do that so as to give you something, that is not going to be fruitful in the long run. And that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the horse before the cart, this joy of being, this joy of, of knowing increasingly more who we are 
in our essence and letting that come back at us in our life experiences in a way that looks like us. And so that to me is is the distinction that I'm coming to understand about how really important my heart's desires are and to unleash that and to put those into motion, knowing that the thing itself, the material expression of it is not what brings me joy, but it's actually a reflection of who I am and, and how I choose to live. And certainly abundance is part of that. So I'd like to share my new moon and waxing moon poems for the sturgeon moon cycle with you now. And they're hinting a bit at autumn, which is certainly on our horizon. New moon. Did you know that the sky broke into refreshing showers tonight? Cooling, cleansing, making things new. Did you know that the people you know best can still surprise you? Did you know that you can still surprise yourself? Did you know that walking under layers of gray, gray sky is calming, allowing the intrepid star to shine all the more brightly? Did you know that breathing the deep breath, slipping beneath the untamed mind, is good, solid work to build a life around? Did you know we are traveling with the sturgeon moon now, the abundance of fish in their silvery wonder and waxing moon. I cherish autumn. And while we are still one month away from its official arrival, I revel in the cooler mornings and quieter evenings, in the expansive sky, a steady blue ready to contrast with the approaching orange and yellow hues, in the earthy pungency of produce still warm from the soil. We are tipping toward a sensory feast, and it reminds me how much I have right now. I am awash in blessing and promise. The sturgeon moon, historically marking the abundance of life-sustaining fish, is fine occasion to dwell in the feeling of plenty. As the crickets sing tonight, as the breeze stirs a thousand leaves overhead, as I rock on my porch and dream, I commune with all that is. So as you move forward in your weeks ahead, just dwell with this idea of abundance and see if it's an easy fit for you. And if it's not, be curious about that. Open your eyes to all of the harvest that is literally coming into view and see if you can make peace with that in some way, in a really cellular, internal place. Because I do believe it is our birthright, everyone's birthright, to have that. And there are so many ways to feel abundant and full, and though we are moving with plenty. So I invite you to have that experience. And... Today, I'm going to continue on in our series where I'm talking about quantum principles, and I'll define that here again in a second because it's a slippery term in and of itself, but we've talked about the idea of revision and the power of invoking the I am statement 
Okay, those are past podcasts that if those are new concepts to you, please go check those out. And I'm basing these thoughts and exercises off of the work of Neville Goddard, who is widely available on YouTube and his books can be easily downloaded for free. And again, he was lecturing in the 40s and 50s about um, metaphysical concepts. Um, he uses the Bible often, but he uses it as a metaphorical text, a metaphysical text, a text um, referring to states of consciousness as opposed to historical record. So it's a different view of a spiritual text, but um, I don't think that has to be problematic um, for those who are based in the Christian religion because you can still have your own spiritual orientation as you wish and just be challenged with a new perspective about how to put these ideas into motion while still honoring your own spiritual path. So anyway, um, when I'm talking about quantum, I know I it's such a slippery term. And a lot of times when I'm writing and people are editing my work, they'll say, okay, you've got to nail this down. Tell us what you're what you're meaning here. And there's so many different schools of thought about the quantum universe. And I am no uh, physicist, but when I'm saying that in the context of our visits together, I am talking about the fact that in my spiritual walk, I really see, and I'm coming to a real experiential understanding that what I'm doing in my imagination is affecting change in the external world. And the vehicle through which that is happening, I cannot explain to you. I would call that the quantum universe, but I know it is a participatory universe. And what I mean by that is what we put our attention on expands and comes into view, and then we get an experience of that. And that's why the power of our thoughts are so is so essential to, to be really dialed in on what you're saying to yourself in an internal dialogue sense, as well as, you know, externally what you're seeking to create in your life. And that the mechanism by which that happens, you can look up a lot of really cool YouTubes about um, what molecules and particles are doing. Um, the Quantum Revelation by Paul Levy is a great resource because he takes quantum theories by the greats in that field, like Wheeler and Einstein um, and Bohr and Bohm. And takes those ideas and puts them in everyday layman terms, which is really helpful. Um, and he talks about the psychological resonance of the quantum theories. And so, again, I, I'm not any kind of expert on the mechanics of it, but I do know and I have been experiencing in my own life that when I have spent years going externally trying to create something. And, you know, in the beginning, I had great luck with that. You know, I think I was learning how to do that. I was learning how to set boundaries. I was learning how to go out into the external world and create and affect change. And 
in my experience, there is a time where that ceases to be as effective as it used to be. And it's not because I forgot everything or it's not because people aren't paying attention to me. In fact, you would think I would be more skillful at age 50 than I was at age 20 or 30. But it is my understanding that as we become more skillful psychologically and more mature emotionally, we are meant to create from the interior realm more and more often from the power of the imagination. And the imagination, in my view, and in the view of those who I've just mentioned, Paul Levy's work, for example, is really um, thought of as the receiver for how, like the radio signal for how this quantum participatory universe is working. So in other words, when I am dwelling in the mind's eye, the third eye, the imagination, however you would like to describe that, and I'm visualizing an outcome, and I'm dwelling in it, and I'm associating it with a beautiful feeling that is exciting and something I can feel in my heart, that is sending out information that I will then get to experience in the external form. As is within, so is without. As is below, so is above. We've heard all the masters say this, but it's actually a real thing. And that's what I'm referring to when I say quantum. I don't have all the particulars. There are so many better resources than I could even offer about the the mechanics of that if you're interested. But what I'm saying is using the power of the imagination to create as opposed to going out and knocking on doors and sending out resumes and creating movements. You may indeed do those things. But again, going back to this idea of horse before cart, you're starting from the internal place as opposed to starting with the external. It's an internal, then external move. And perhaps, I don't know, but maybe the first portion of our life is more the external in and now it it flips. I don't know. I am a student of all of this as well, but that's what I'm talking about when I when I say quote unquote quantum. And I know that's not super precise, um, but I'm coming at that more from a psychological sense of the imagination participating with the external world in ways that are so uncanny. Jung would call it synchronicity. Um, But there are so many ways that the subconscious, unconscious aspects are eavesdropping in. I think Rumi talks about that, eavesdropping in on our conversations and then appearing as though you know, out of the blue, but it really isn't out of the blue. Um, the, the ways and means might be miraculous, certainly, but it's because we have set something forth into material form with our intentions. And so I'm becoming more at home with the idea that, you know what, I'm affecting this and I'm taking increasing agency around that idea. So again, um, a few podcasts ago, we talked about this cool idea about revision, and please go check that out if you haven't um, listened to that. We talked about invoking the I am in in the subsequent podcast, and I want to share a cool hack 
um, today that Joseph Rodriguez, who is an entrepreneurial coach who is also available on YouTube, he explores Neville Goddard's work and he's in sales and, and he does a lot of coaching with business people. But he uses these sort of imagination quantum ideas as well. And he had a really cool sort of hack that I'll paraphrase here that he linked to some coaching that he had done in regard to business about connecting with folks on a sale. Um, But one thing that our mind wants to do is when we have a beautiful intention, like let's say we want to make $10,000 a month um, with our business. Um, And the power of the imagination would be that we would associate the incredible feeling of doing that. We would be in the present tense about that. Like, I am enjoying this. I am receiving this, right? You, you don't say it in past or future. You say it as though it is happening now. But the mind that is so habitual, you know, it's sort of the monkey on our back at times, it wants to come in and say, yeah, but you're not experiencing that right now, really. You know, this is kind of a fun little exercise, but it's not real. Okay, fine. So here's a hack around that. And again, I I, um, quote or honor Joseph Rodriguez's work with this, who's sort of riffing off of Neville Goddard's work. But you do this cool thing where you create a scenario where you say in your internal dialogue, I remember when I used to worry that I wasn't going to make $10,000 a month. And here I am enjoying the fruits of that. So you say, I remember when, or I used to worry about not making $10,000 every month with my online business. And here I am enjoying and seeing that actually deposit into my bank account. So you do this thing where you say, I remember when, because that's putting you in a frame of mind where it has already happened. And so the mind isn't going to fight that in the way that it would if you say, I am experiencing $10,000 a month right now. So you say, I remember when I used to worry about that, but now, dot, 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 fill in the blank. I remember when I used to worry about X, Y, Z, but now, dot, dot, dot. So that's, that's the rhythm. I remember when, but now, fill in the blank with whatever is near and dear to your heart. Again, putting the horse before the cart, you are all you need right now. Your connection to your higher self, the divine, however you like to think of that, you are all you could ever hope for. And it's it's allowing that to, to move through you and then just create a beautiful life. It's not saying, oh, when I create $10,000, then I'll be happy. So as long as we're keeping that in mind, I think our heart's desires are a beautiful thing to start to play with and have some fun with again. So I wanted to share that with you because I have found it really helpful because it gives the mind something to do right away when it's kind of wanting to go into negative self-talk or whatever. Um, I remember when I used to worry about that, but now, blah, 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 fill in the blank. 
So I wanted to share that with you. And I would encourage you to look up Joseph Rodriguez's lectures on Neville Goddard. He's posting all the time on YouTube and he tends to do sort of like mind maps with his and he's doing really great work and he's um, very thorough and um, I I would check him out. I'll continue to check him out as well. And one final distinction I want to make between one's heart's desire and a fantasy is that connection to the feeling. We can use our imagination to dream of things, you know, literally at night or, you know, dream of different scenarios while we're trying things on for size or just exploring. But it's when a desire is linked to the heart space and and to a feeling of joy and contentment and arrival and bliss and excitement that then that will translate with this participatory universe we are living in and create the ways and means for that to happen. And so fantasy can just sort of be kind of like a brainstorm, if you will. But when we're linking that to a feeling, that's the key. And I finally get that now, you know, just back in early days when I was learning about how to quote unquote manifest something, you know, the, the feeling was all important. And I see that now because other, otherwise we would be creating all kinds of things that maybe we don't really want when we're just brainstorming. So we, the, the imagination is there also, you know, on the level of just a fantasy, like just trying things out, but it's when it's connected to a feeling that then that sort of gives the marching orders to the unconscious, the super, you know, the the superpowers that be, however you would like to define them. So um, I wanted to make that distinction. Neville Goddard really talks about the fact that as we are made in the image of the ultimate creator, however you define that, that love and imagination are what it all boils down to. We have the ability to love, and that is a beautiful thing. Those are the highest forms of experience on earth that we experience is when we are in loving relationship, not an egoic loving relationship, but truly a selfless loving relationship with with anything and with anyone. But imagination is our power to create. And so love and imagination together, that is a formidable force. And I'm really excited about all the work that is available now um, in, in all the psychological and quantum and metaphysical and um, emotional reliance ways that that is really helping us step into this agency and power. So, you know, it seems like all the work I've been doing for years about not getting triggered and and being more emotionally resilient, suddenly all these pieces are starting to come together now. And and I see how the fruit of of this love's labor can really become exciting when we're marrying love the heart space, and the power of our imagination. So go out, have a great week. I will talk to you again soon. 
Um, I hope you are enjoying and reveling in the abundance of this month and this time of year. And until next time, take good care.